Angela Lilly is an amateur elite triathlete competing in a grueling sport that involves swimming, running, and cycling. She's also competed in seven Ironman events over the course of a decade, achieving seventh in her age group and a ranking of the 12th overall amateur woman at the Ironman World Championships in 2007. Angela says she's had her share of setbacks, something that she says is part of the journey for every athlete. And she uses the power of quotes to keep her going. And I, I just love quotes. I think they can be powerful in a very quick way. And uh, so I would cut out quotes uh, from magazines or things I would write down. And then I would have that in a page protector. And then I would post it. And it would be like these little reminders of of how I can be resilient, right? how I can overcome these obstacles. Angela, who is a high school teacher by day, now has a husband and two children known collectively as Team Lily. On this episode of Run It Like a Girl, Angela tells us how she manages to be included in family events while maintaining her training schedule. So I would leave my house, I would run for an hour and a half towards the destination, and then, and then they would pass me at an hour. They'd give me a water bottle, which was even better because I didn't have to carry my water. And then I'd meet them at the destination. I would, I would wa- I'd be able to watch. I'd be able to be there. I'd be able to interact, encourage, whatever it was, be the mom. And I could stretch after my, uh, after my run. Angela is currently an ambassador for the Multisport Canada Triathlon Series, as well as F2C, a Canadian nutrition company. Angela Lilly on this episode of Run It Like a Girl. So another pretty exciting day here at Run It Like a Girl, something that I think I've been waiting for for a long time just because of schedules and COVID and everything getting in the mix. But I'm finally really excited to say that I'm talking with Angela Lilly today. Angela is an amateur elite triathlete, a multi-sports Canada ambassador and an ambassador for F2C, which is a Canadian nutrition company. Angela, thank you so much for taking time out of your training and out of your kids' days to talk with me today. (laughs) Oh, this is fantastic. We have been waiting uh, to get our schedules together. So this is wonderful. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited about it. I think, um, I think everything just kind of like people are so busy now with kids and family and then you throw COVID into it and it's uh, a whole different level of kind of uh, craziness. <laughs> yeah, it, it really has been. I was uh, always doing uh, my monthly planning and, and uh, training uh, in order to get where I need to be for the summertime um, and in the physical shape that I need to be. And I always work that around with um, with my kids' schedules. And then all of a sudden, we were 24-7 together. So uh, that was a whole other calendar that I had to uh, develop. Absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned calendar and, and schedules. And I imagine that uh, that you are quite an organized person. And, and maybe that feeds into to, to part of your athletic background as well. So I'd love to start, if you could just tell us a bit about yourself and how you actually got into competitive sport. Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I started out uh, swimming and we joke in my family that I started swimming before I started walking <laughs> and just the love of the water and uh, always around water, uh, but I would be in there for hours. And then I, I just developed a kind of uh, an interest for athleticism, but I was really a jack of all trades, but uh, master of nothing. I didn't, I wasn't able to really break into the top pro- of, uh, provincial level at, in the swimming, but I was always, you know, in the top or something. Um, but then uh, after I really chose my one sport, uh, leaving the many others that I tried, that I started getting uh, 
more top honors and provincials, qualifying for nationals. And uh, under the age of, I'd say, 22, uh, when I was in university, you know, my top honor was was nationals. So that was just such a highlight. But then I left uh, university and all of a sudden you're this adult and, and thinking, do I start a career? Do I start um, jobs? Do I start traveling? And and I really just didn't have any more link to my to my athleticism. Uh, and that was in 98. And so uh, the sport of triathlon was just really, really, really growing. And I decided to go to New Zealand and Australia. And I decided I would work there, but then I would spend all my money and come home with nothing. So I earned all of it and then um, blew it in two months uh, just experiencing their life. Uh, but I, re- I went in some... Uh, they're called uh, swim at the time they're swim run. So I didn't need a bike. So it was just, it was perfect for me there. And that started my, my triathlon love because I could swim and uh, anybody can learn to ride a bike. Uh, the running was a challenge uh, just because I was, I never really learned that there was a lot of technique to running. I thought just with two feet and a heartbeat, I could, mm-hmm. I could just blend in, but that's really my start. And then um, 2000 uh, was my first year in Ontario racing. Wow. So I just want to pick up on something you said. So you uh, saved all your money over there and then blew it in two months. Any regrets on that? Not at all. (laughs) It was wonderful. And I even uh, drained my bank account and gave it to my good friends that I met there. And uh, because there was no point in bringing any New Zealand dollars back over. That's Um, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was me. And I, I did, uh, buy a bike. Uh, it was just a mountain bike that suddenly had a garage sale. So maybe that was, that was my, my commuting, you know, I wasn't going to choose to afford a car or, uh, I was out of town. So there wasn't any busing and I needed to get to and from uh, my job. And I actually just, uh, for a little bit of, of my history that I graduated from uh, teacher's college in 99 and so I thought I was going over there to teach because that's what us Canadians all heard. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I actually got uh, a better job, better hours and more pay teaching swimming lessons. Oh, cool. So maybe that was just uh, a little bit of a, of a blessing in disguise. And I was in the water all the time. And they, they loved me because I was from Canada. I wasn't like them. I wasn't a New Zealander. <laughs> that's awesome. I think, um, I think it also shows that, uh, you know, you had a plan to go over there to teach and then you ended up doing something completely different. And... Um, and no regrets. So that's, uh, that's really awesome. Um, something else I'd li- love to talk about because I just, uh, to me, it's almost, uh, mythological is the Ironman. Um, mm-hmm. and you've competed mm-hmm. in seven Ironman events. Um, I would love to talk a bit about how you mentally and physically prepare for that as well as maybe some of the highlights in those events. Yeah, there, you know, within those seven, it was five years for seven Ironmans and, and it was a second career really was, it was one of my, is my passionate career. Uh, I love working uh, with high school students. That's my, my main pre- profession. Uh, but the, the Ironman, it was just a building and we, I, I built, I started shorter and then uh, I, I competed in a half Ironman. Uh, which is exactly half the distance. And I realized that the longer I went, the better I got. And I guess that that comes back to my swimming days of just, I'm an endurance athlete and I, I could not turn it on for a, a minute, but I could definitely turn it on for hours. And the Ironman triathlon, because a lot of people confuse that with a straight triathlon, like they, the big, just because we can't keep up with all the sports, they don't realize that there's all these distance, distances. 
And the Ironman triathlon is, uh, is just such an, it's an amazing experience. It's an amazing goal to set and is the longest at a almost four kilometer swim. So it's 3.8 and then, uh, 180 kilometer bike ride and then your full marathon 42 K run at the end. And I think that at the time, you know, early 2000s, uh, we were really getting into um, marathons and sort of longer distance. I wasn't really didn't know a lot about the Ultraman um, and, and ultra endurance um, running or biking or anything. So uh, I just kept getting stronger. And um, like physically, uh, you really uh, if you want to perform and want to perform to excel and qualify um, for for world championships or for a qualification race, I needed to have two workouts a day. So they're double days. And so it's um, early in the morning and then a professional day. And then after work, uh, another one and trying to keep yourself uh, hydrated and and well-fed and everything too. Um, We had long, every Saturday was a long Saturday and and meaning long, we could do a 30 K run as a training session and then long Sundays. So I could do 120 K ride with a eight K run off of that. Um, So half of my, half of my days on my weekends were totally taken up by training. And then Monday was my day off, but you know, there I was back at work. So I look back and I'm, I'm pretty amazed at how my body was able to adapt and, and, uh, really stay healthy. Yeah. That's Um, incredible. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, I worked with, uh, a lot of coaches in my early days. So physically I, I had a coach, uh, he was actually the head coach of the Trenton dolphins, Kevin Anderson. And then he moved out, um, for a, a professional swimming coaching position. Uh, and I worked with him and then, uh, so when he left, I got an online coach and then, um, years, I realized that I'm not an online girl. Uh, so then I worked with, uh, Sandy Musson, uh, from try and run sports. And, and, you know, we started out, um, as friends and as, as Ironman triathletes, both of us. And, uh, then I started working with her as, as my coach. So, you know, physically those were my Ironman days and, um, the coaching was great because at least I knew what I was up for the next week. Uh, I had it on paper seems to be something that you follow through on a little bit better than it then if it's just in your mind thinking, okay, tomorrow is going to be a certain um, bike ride, but then tomorrow comes and there's rain and you realize, well, do I have to do that run or that bike ride? Um, yeah. And then, and then, and honestly with mentally, um, I really had to realize and, and prioritize what was in, what was important. I felt like I, and I made those decisions I wanted to, uh, but I had to, if I was going to uh, continue on to try and uh, qualify for the world championships. And really when I started my Ironman journey, that was not my goal. My goal was to finish. Uh, but when I, I earned success uh, over those five years, you know, I had to decline social um, activities with friends and family. Uh, Cause I was up at five in the morning on, on a Sunday so, uh, really, I really, really had to prioritize, um, really had to plan out my nutrition, uh, so that I could be ready to go and not bonk and have to, um, make a phone call from somewhere or run. I've actually run through some sprinklers before because I'm on other people's properties, mm. um, because I'm just so, so, so hot. Um, and then sleep, um, mentally, I think that we don't prioritize sleep as, as well as what we could, but then again, I, you know, I wear many hats. So I'm trying to take care of myself, but I also have uh, 
you know, priority, my, my priorities now are very different than what they were in my Ironman years. Wow. And so have you always been, is it just your nature to be so organized and so priority and goal setting? I think so. And I think it's, um, just in my development in my high school, I always had a leadership quality. So with that leadership, whether it was, um, offering, you know, an intramural in high school to my peers or whether I was, uh, in a leadership position at uh, my university, I think about my younger days, not, not now adult, but, um, because of that leadership, I think I really had to be organized if I was going to accomplish in my academic success, um, my, you know, my mental success, my, my, my family, what's important to me, my social relationships. I think I just had to have that organization. And then I realized that if I was going to achieve the best that I could, that I had to be organized and I wasn't going to put in a day, um, a year of all this training because training is the journey that the race is just, is just actually going through the steps, but that journey and so much time that I had to be organized in order to then achieve what I wanted to achieve in on the one day. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and actually I just like to talk a little bit more about that. Cause you, cause you are your mom, you have two children um, and you yeah. have your, you have your husband, you have your, your professional job and you have your, um, tri triathlons. How do you, as a, as a mom, I, I'm just curious about this because yeah. everybody, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. CMO yeah. of a big bank, someone like, like yourself, who's, who's got their hats in many different things is the prioritization of being a mom with everything else. How do you decide? Like, how do you pick what you're going to be there for and what you're going to have to miss? Cause everybody has to miss some things. We can't be everything to everyone and we can't do it all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you nailed it with my husband and my kids and, and they see so much, I'll, I'll say happiness, but I don't know really if that's the right term, but by achieving, this is part of me and part of, uh, part of who I am. And so they, they see that and they, they just incredibly support it. Um, but I do, I do miss out. And when my kids were smaller, it was, it was as a mom, it was very, very hard to accept that, oh, somebody else can, can do this or somebody else, you know, to lean on, on other people or just to ask because it's in my nature and also in the mom blood, you know, I call it the mom brain, okay. um, yeah, that we were, we're trying to do the best uh, and, and, you know, help our kids grow up with similar experiences as, as us but also to, to have these opportunities and we need to make time to, to give them the opportunities. Um, so I found that, especially once I became um, a mom, that I, I would accept that, you know, I couldn't travel in the car with my family to an event, uh, but I could be at the event. And what, as soon as I switched in that, brain perspective, I found that actually there was a lot less stress and there was a lot more accomplished in the 24 hours that I had. So I would leave my house, I would run for an hour and a half towards the destination and then and then they would pass me at an hour. They'd give me a water bottle, which was even better because I didn't have to carry my water. And then I'd meet them at the destination. I would I would I'd be able to watch, I'd be able to be there, I'd be able to interact encourage whatever it was, be the mom. 
and I could stretch after my uh, after my run. Um, I've also have no clue why I never did it before, but about three years ago, I started biking to work, and I don't know why. For the the seven years prior to that, uh, I never really thought about doing that so it's a lot of organization with food and water and um and what you're going to wear because my professional dress code uh or you know what i'm what i'm going to change into and and the time uh in order to then uh get ready for the work day but as soon as i did that it was totally well worth it because i could come home and be there for my kids when they got off the bus at the end of the day but i could still get in 60 kilometer bike ride Wow. And what an incredible role model for your children to look up to. <laughs> oh, thank you. And, and I, and they really have, they've, they've really been immersed in it. And, and I think that in time, uh, they realize the value of, uh, it's not just the competition, but just healthy living and, and that their mom can go out and be, um, in a kayak or I can swim across, you know, the lake that's 300 meters or I, I can, um, I can play soccer or, you know, I can just, I can just play a board game. It doesn't have to be active. Uh, I can be there because really my stamina, it's not just athletic endurance, but I think it's daily stamina is, uh, Mm -hmm. is pretty developed. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's, that's great. And uh, (laughs) I'm sure it is because I'm sure mentally you have to be just as on as you are physically, um, when you're preparing for this. Yeah. And that's the, the sleep is, is the biggest one I think I can still improve on, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to put my kids first. So if something needs to be done, I'm hoping at 10 o'clock at night, I'm, I'm done, but it doesn't always happen. Um, So I might lose half an hour of sleep or something, but I'm really trying to, to improve that. So that's one thing that I think that people can be um, just mentally thinking about uh, that, that sleep is, it's just such a critical part um, for our brains and our bodies. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so actually, so I'd love to ask you now, so you have over 20 years of, of experience in, in racing. Um, I imagine mm-hmm. there might've been some setbacks, whether that's injury or, or whatever throughout that time, how do you overcome setbacks and find the drive to continue on with your sport? Uh, yeah, I have had some setbacks. Um, and, and I had, I had some pretty rough years where, I got immersed in in the race day itself. Um, so I'll sort of separate this between training and racing. Uh, but on, on my race day, I wasn't I I wasn't doing well. My I had uh, gut problems. My nutrition wasn't going through um, to my body, so I was really shutting down. And um, I had a huge setback in 2005. So that was my fourth Ironman. And then in 2006, I had another huge one. But, it, it, you know, I, I really, I had to really think about what happened and what, what was my mistake. And if it wasn't, you know, environmental, so it wasn't the rain, it, it wasn't the extreme heat. It, it, we all have to, to deal with those kinds of uh, athletic setbacks. But I'm, I'm talking, you know, even deeper than that. And... My, I clearly remember when my dad said to me, um, you can't do this three times in a row, you know, make, make these errors. You're, it's gonna, it's gonna hurt you, um, more than it's gonna, you know, help you. And I, uh, worked with Sandy and, uh, I had a great social network there with her husband, Jeff and, and some other big ring, we were called the big ring, um, tri club. And we developed that, um, and we were there for each other. Um, my husband, 
he was just uh, just such a support. And and he, he, I had that friend that could call a spade a spade, and he he could tell me that this is what you know we needed to I needed to fix, and and that I could achieve. Um, you know, the world championship qualification again, because I went in 2002 for my first time and I was a rookie, my first Ironman, I qualified for our world Ironman championships. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that was uh, just a pretty neat blessing. Um, But then after that, I realized, you know, now I'm going to go to world championships and I'm actually going to race and I'm going to race for top honors. I'm not just going to go for the experience. Um, So, so with the, you know, the setbacks, um, I had those, I had the people and I realized that my mistakes were more obvious, but I needed somebody to tell me I needed that outside source. And so since my, my Ironman years closed in 2007, um, but I've been racing up to the half Ironman distance since then. And, and I've been my own coach. Uh, I've just had so much experience. I would, I would love to have start working with a coach again, but, but, you know, my kids, I want to also raise my own kids and I, I want to be there for them. So that will, that will come in time. Um, but you know, with my, my drive is, uh, my drive when I get to, when I hit one of these setbacks and when I, when I get nailed with that obstacle, um, I just, I have drive of, of great health. Um, I want to be outdoors. Um, I will always, and we, we talked about my organization, but I'll always have this element of competition, um, I'm not competitive when it doesn't need to be competitive. And I'm actually very black and white like that. Like, I don't want to win a board game. I don't want to win um, something um, that there doesn't need to be a winner about. There, there needs to be that just for the element of fun. And maybe that's because I have, I've had other competition in my life. Um, but the biggest one is just the support from my husband, Woody, and my son, Reese, my daughter, Anna. Like, they just they keep me going. Um, their support is, is awesome. They say to me, when are you going for a bike ride? If I don't, if I haven't actually already gone at, at six in the morning. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I think a support system yeah. is so important and to have that within your own family, um, is pretty special too. Uh, I'd love to ask you then, and you kind of, I think you've talked a bit about this, so I might understand it a bit, but, um, mm-hmm. resilience, what does that word mean to you? Oh, it's, it's ever unfolding for my experience. Uh, because when I started my Ironman triathlon journey, uh, I was young, I was on my own, my biggest responsibility was my profession, and I just bought a house. And now uh, I'm married, I have kids, I have my home, I have my profession, and then I have this uh, second profession that's that's unpaid. Um, but yet, so paid, um, in just the accomplishments. But when I look at all the, just overcoming these obstacles, I think resilience is, is we need to do the work, um, not take shortcuts, not fill our lives with, with too much, you know, now in 2020 versus 2002, we didn't have all the, the technology and apps, apps wasn't even a word. Um, so just doing the work and trying to figure out what's important and maybe knocking off a, a couple things off the list, meaning to delete them, um, cause they're not important. 
And then that seems with doing the work, that's going to train my body, my mind um, to experience these challenges. So if I'm going to go out for this 120K ride and a 10K run, because we have to learn how to run off a bicycle, because that's most challenging, um, that we need to experience what this is like. But you have to put the time in to do the, to do the training. So whether it's physical training or if it's mental training or reading or whatever it might be, um, we need to experience these challenges because then once I get to my race day, I have that toolbox. And I mentioned about my setbacks and I didn't have the toolbox then. And so I just kept racing thinking, well, I, I can ride at this speed, but I couldn't ride at that speed because once I started, my heart rate started climbing so high, my gut turned off. So I developed this, this toolbox. So back to resilience, you know, it, it's doing the work um, so that we can have those tools. So when you get to that important day, you can make the best of it. Uh, I also think resilience is learning. You know, we need to learn from these challenges. Um, I don't see the word as failures. I see them more as challenges. I think that, you know, I've had success and I've had learnings. Mm -hmm. And so all those learnings have, have just kept developing for me. Uh, and I also think resilience is persevering. So thinking outside the box, working hard at it, um, and, and trying to figure out what you're, what you're good at and what you need to improve at and see that and see that at face value. And, and I really needed to develop my endurance. I love swimming. So last year I entered a brand new race. It was uh, actually a 10 kilometer swim race <laughs> and which is just seems wild, but it's like a marathon run really in the water. Um, and I really think that because I, I persevered to try and do something new, um, and it was, it was an obstacle, it, but I could see this as, as like a challenge. And then back to, I had the support, uh, I had the people support, and then I had a, an outstanding season last year. I'm, I was 44 years of age and I had my best season. I've had even more than when I was 32 wow. years of age. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks. <laughs> and, and, you know, I want to ask you another question. Just it, it, maybe, you know, maybe there's someone out there that either runs marathons or, um, or they don't, but they're thinking of trying mm -hmm. to expand on their, um, on their capabilities and their, you know, um, what are the three things or I mean, maybe you can't break it down to three, but what are those key yeah. things that a person needs to do if they want to move into more of a competitive, um, triathlete I think you nailed it's, it's perfect in your timing because I think resilience is is so important it's it's accepting that you're going to have these challenges um, but we need to learn from them I also find writing things down on paper we're so we have this cell phone we have this computer with us all the time and I'm I would say once a week I'm consistently um, have some light humor. Somebody says to me, why are you writing that down? And I, I really feel, and I've had experience that we need to have it on paper. It's there. It's almost like it's another, it holds us more accountable because it's not another screen, right? We don't have like six screens open. Um, so, so resilience, um, perseverance, that is one, th one, uh, driving word that I have always lived by and, and being able to, you know, have that 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 goal which i haven't 
really mentioned a lot about, but you know, having the goal and working towards it and, and listening to others and then, and then fixing what you need to fix, whether you need to get outside help for it, um, you need to just um, network socially, you need to pay somebody for it, or you just need to make time. So that, that perseverance is a second one. And I really think just the, the intelligence we need to, we need to be mindful that, that these going from, I would say, just finishing to competitive wanting to place or qualify, we need to, to be intelligent, which is that, that learning um, from challenges and talking to other people and finding out what they're doing, how they're doing, uh, and really being in touch voice to voice. I would say those are my my top three when I when I think about it. And I just a, a little added feature when I was um, in my intense in my Ironman days, um, I would I'd always look for quotes, and I I just love quotes. I think they can be powerful in a very quick way. And uh, so I would cut out quotes uh, from magazines or things I would write down, and then I would have that in a page protector, and then I would post it, and it would be like these little reminders of of how I can be resilient, right? How I can overcome these obstacles because I'm this little girl from, um, at the time I'm from Trenton and now I'm in Sterling. And so I was this little girl. I'm not a big city. I'm not part of a club. I don't have gear to wear when I get to the race. So I, I'm a little bit of a, of a no-namer because I show up in my shorts and t-shirt. I have no, um, I have no <laughs> title on my t-shirt that says I'm a part of a club. And uh, so I found that these these quotes and just um, my perseverance was it was almost like a little uh, game that I played within my mind to go, you know, what I can be I can be just as great as these other people from from the big city. Yes, you can. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, thanks. So we're actually so this last question is just the the question that we keep um, consistent across all our guests um mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear the themes that come out but if you mm-hmm. could go back in time and talk with a younger you what would you say and what would that conversation look like um the we would be probably on water i wouldn't say we'd be swimming but we would be on water or we'd probably be biking uh we would definitely be active i don't think i would be sitting with a coffee at a table. Um, but I would, I would say that, uh, to, you know, when we reach out to others for support, you, re- you really need to do that. Um, but don't let them dictate the level of, of success that you can attain. And, and to find those supportive people. And if you have anybody that has any kind of doubt because you're not part of a, of a club of 30 people or you're not from a city that meets, you know, three times a week or, or you're not part of a master's club. Um, that's okay. You know, we, we can, we can head out and and think of other directions that will do and, and accomplish just the same for its end meaning meaning. And I think that I, I wouldn't really change much. I, I, but I would, if I had that advice when I was 20, I might have taken some more risks, I'll say, um, that I might have been able to learn some qualities of the sport before I had to learn them the tough way. Hmm. Well, um, 
I think that, so that, that really brings us to the kind of close of the formal questions. So thank you so much for, for, uh, for sharing all that with us. What an incredible journey you've been on over the past, uh, 20 plus years. Um, Thanks Bonnie. Yeah, it has been. (laughs) I'd love now. So we have something that we introduced this year called the fast three, basically just three questions I'll ask you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's to kind of get a little insight into, uh, into, into you again. Um, cool. so the first question is, what is your favorite podcast or source of information? Of course yours. <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> yeah, of course. I, I love the diversity, um, of yours. Uh, I would say from the athletic perspective, I really enjoy one called be with champions and that's led by, uh, a retired professional, uh, triathlete, um, from the professional uh, the paid profession. Uh, I really like Google teacher and I'm seeing to like it a lot more because it's like Google everything. And then I, I also really like, uh, just straight out CBC. Sometimes I just need to, um, listen to Canada, listen to the world. That's, that's great. Um, mm-hmm. what are you currently reading? Um, I am, for for just completely disconnecting, uh, I really enjoyed Jody Picoult's oh, yeah. uh, books, and I'm reading uh, Mercy right now. Uh, I am thinking about starting uh, a book called How to Heal Your Metabolism. Uh, I am I'm so interested uh, in nutrition. Always have been. Almost studied it in my undergrad. Um, so I find that you know that's. It's, de- it's great reading. It's definitely useful. Uh, it's also great to be able to pass that on to others so that we can really achieve um, everything we can in, in the moment, in the time that we're living now. Uh, I did read the 5am club that ah. one of, uh, yeah, that one of your uh, yes. <laughs> guests had suggested. And that was great too. Awesome. I, and you know, what's funny is I've, uh, um, I haven't read it yet, but I, but I have it now. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's my next, well, my next is actually, uh, Jim Carrey just released, uh, some memoirs. I'm going to read that. Oh, um, great. because I think he should be good. Um, and then, then I'm going to check out the 5am club. Uh, yeah. so who's currently inspiring you? Uh, I, I'm going to separate that into personally and more globally. Um, my, my mom and dad have been there, uh, forever. They have traveled to races. They came out to Ironman Canada. I, I look back at pictures and we were so young. Um, and you know, they traveled to all my swimming and they just have, they've been grand. Uh, so my mom and dad, um, my kids and my husband, uh, I had, and I also have some just amazing supportive, uh, professionals in the high school and, and they've been great. Just, just these, these groups have been a strong, strong support and have really helped me achieve my, my goals and, and my race, uh, my race outcomes, just people really being interested in how I do what I do in the 24 hours of the day. Um, globally, I would say that I have two triathletes, uh, Chrissy Wellington. Uh, she ended up winning the world championships in 2007 when I raced. And, um, that is my best showing at the world's. I came seventh in my age group. And so she won that same year and she's just an incredible, incredible ambassador. She's now retired. Um, but an active triathlete is another one's called Marinda Caffrey is her name. And she's from Australia. 
And uh, she's really neat. She's a mom of a, of a three or four year old little girl. So I find that 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 really helps. I love listening to her and reading her work because she's a mom and a professional triathlete. So those two professionals um, have been really neat to to read and listen to. Awesome. Well, Angela, I want to I want to thank you again for uh, for spending some time with me. It's just been it's been incredible to hear about your journey and about um, all the different challenges and, and wins and, and everything that you've you've been able to accomplish. So thank you so much for joining us for an episode today. Thank you very much. It's wonderful to, to share my journey and, uh, and just let other people know that, that they can do it too. Run It Like a Girl is hosted by Bonnie Moak. Brian Long is the producer. Web design and technical assistance provided by Dan Moak. And music courtesy of the talented Brooklyn Gillichuk. <laughs>